1: Exclusions apply. See site for details.
2: You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Thanks for joining us. This week it's Manchester United, the Brighton and Hove Albion. On the Man United team is Andrew Ryan and Ian Danta. Hello, gentlemen. Oh, this is terrifying.
3: I've, I've got a bright white light shining in my face in an otherwise darkened room. Andrew, how are you feeling? Another, another appearance on Glory Hunters. Oh, it's great. I'm, I'm a, obviously, I'm Irish. I'm a
4: Man United fan, so I was born to be a Glory Hunter.
2: Yes, who should you be supporting? Who is your local Irish uh, team? Cove
4: Ramblers in the Irish First Division.
2: And why don't you just support them? Because they,
4: they don't play that often. and um, It's a bit like Torquay. I do not like Torquay, but it's, I don't live there. And also... Um, they were out of business for a while when I was growing up, and they've come back, so... Well, you should support
2: them. Um, uh, <laughs> Stephen Grant and Wendy Wason Hello on the Brighton team sheet. On
5: the Brighton team Spent sheet, Spent a few weekends yes. in Brighton in your life, Wendy? I Went? have done Brighton, yes. I like, I like Brighton. It's a lovely place. They have um, seagulls that look like men in bird suits though. Absolutely um, really terrifying big vicious seagulls.
6: They are big seagulls and Stephen you live there of course. Yeah so my definition of glory hunting is slightly different. I do support my local team having been born in Brighton but in Brighton a sense of victim status is very much aspirational and so uh, the constant sense of disappointment we feel is in actual ways a success. So the glory for us is supporting someone who people feel sorry for but ultimately still do well enough to stay with in the Premier League and that is absolutely our intention every year and
2: we <laughs> nail it. Well, let's find out how disappointed Steven's going to be on the podcast. Here it is. Hello, I'm Charlie Baker and welcome to Glory Hunters, the show that's a gladiatorial battle of wits. Our guests are given the opportunity to represent the team they've always supported. In a colosseum of conflict and conjecture. But who will win their freedom and who will be fed to the lions? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. Now, this week, our second semi-final sees Man United take on Brighton. Andrew Ryan is representing Man United alongside team captain Ian Danter. Hello, gentlemen. Yes, yeah, good to you, hey, hey, Charlie. How are you? <coughs> very, very nice to see you. And on the team sheet for Brighton is Stephen Grant, who's with team captain Wendy Waysen. Hello.
5: Hello, Charlie.
2: Yes, it's very nice to see you all. Thank you very much for coming in. Appreciate it. Dance, your first time on Glory yeah, Hunters. I know. Very privileged company. Yeah. Obviously, captain as well, team captain. Have you ever been a captain before?
3: I was always captain of the second team at school. I had that sort of dubious. I was never good enough for the first team, but I always seemed to be good enough to captain the second team, which I I took as a a backhanded compliment. I I think that's that's better than sitting on the bench, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, and as cricket captain of the second team, I was... uh, I, I was unlucky not to get promoted to the first. I can imagine. Uh, but
2: wiki- who wants to be the bottle carrier for the first team? when you're Chief tea maker and bottle washer. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I knew my place. <laughs> yeah. Now, but you could also step in for Steve Bruce if you needed to. Can you tell us why people might confuse the two of you right now? Well, you know, that's because, <laughs> in fact, what I've got to do, I've got to press my
3: nose in for this to make, <laughs> to make the most work. Really good. I've been working on my Steve Bruce for Hawksby and Jacobs <laughs> on TalkSport, and I've been reading extracts of my novel, Stryker, that came out in uh, 1999. And it's it's quite a gripping read, I have to tell you, for sure.
2: Very, <laughs> yes, very good. What other oh. man- managers have you got in well, your Trevor, Trevor
3: Francis is probably my uh, you know, favourite <laughs> because, uh, you know, it's a bit niche and, uh, you know... He's not really relevant anymore, but I still do him anyway because, you know, nobody else does.
2: It's good. It's a very specific West Country accent. Right, you've Plymouth got, is yes, very good. A lot yes. of people just would go very... Well, there you go. As a very man from p- the West Country, Very pirate spot. or farmer on it would normally go, but yeah. you've gone very specific. Who else you got? Oh, crikey. Uh, well, uh, you could have... we uh, have got Andrew next to you, a uh, famous Irish manager. Uh, David O'Leary. You've got David, David O'Leary, O'Leary, yeah. Well,
3: you know, David O'Leary is one of those there that... Uh, They're a good bunch. Uh, They're an honest bunch, and they're only babies. And uh, they found their way to the training ground. But I wouldn't know about them uh, winning games in that way, my friend. If he ever said, "My friend," you're in trouble. To you, oh yeah, he absolutely hated your guts. You knew you were at
7: death's door.
2: Was that a good effort? Uh, Where's he from? David O'Leary, Andrew. Uh, He's from Dublin, isn't he? Kildare, Dublin,
4: something Uh, like that. Yeah. 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 Can Can you do
7: Mick McCarthy? Well, Mick doesn't sound like he comes from Dublin, <laughs> does he? <laughs> day, oh dear day,
3: oh dear. Dear oh dear, dear. Much more sackcloth and ashes,
7: Barnsley. Day, oh, Roy Keane, dear old dear. Yeah, it
3: sounds
4: quite choppy for a man who's just sort of a job.
7: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I'm not going to get carried away with B45s. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty more fish in the sea.
2: It's brilliant dance. Now, uh, football management. You've tried your hand at this, haven't you, Andrew? I have, at the yeah. Moment, I and, and you've been playing a lot of football manager until recently. Why is that? Um, got an ultimatum from the old girlfriend. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh,
4: she noticed that I was a lot a very withdrawn recently in the relationship. Yeah. Um, I had been scouting a lot of the Scandinavian under-18 leagues for some <laughs> uh, young youth development that I wanted to promote. But what we decided to do was I decided I'd stop playing because it was getting a bit ridiculous, right? So I started to go out on my legal one exercise trip a day. Oh, yeah. And a couple of days ago, I was out running and I came across a man breaking into a vehicle while I was running. And I did what any good upstanding citizen would do was I did nothing, right? (laughs) watched him. I watched it and I went, oh, he's breaking into a car. And i just keep running because I'm not going to go near him. It's not my car. I've got no emotional attachment to this vehicle. But I did have my phone on me. So I ran around the corner and I rang the police. And... He was picked up and spent some time at Her Majesty's Pleasure uh, with the Met Police and they came to my house and they took a statement and at the end of the statement the guy said, you have a very good memory and I like the way how you've given us this information. Have you ever thought about joining the police? (laughs) 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 And then he sent me, showed me a link to the speed. You can do a two-year course to become a detective in the Met Police. Uh, You can do it within two years. And I gave a statement, the guy, yeah. you know, but luckily, you know, he didn't steal the stuff. He was caught breaking in, he was arrested. I did my duty on my exercise walk and I've also been recruited by the Metropolitan Police. It made me think, Andrew, has he seen your act? <laughs> <laughs> I said, went back to my girlfriend, I said, I've just been recruited by the police. Because one minute you're doing football manager, now you're joining the police. I, th- I think
3: you'd be a good policeman. Are you, are you going to follow it up? No. Oh.
4: No, 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 I'm going to continue with... Uh... Tell me,
3: if you ever got to the cup final on football manager, did you do that thing of putting your suit on? No, to play no. the game.
4: I've never no because I was. I only got it a couple of weeks ago. Oh right, so I, I've can. been managing low-level teams in Ireland because uh, I don't want to do the Premiership. I want to do somebody that's really struggling. Oh, so you're I'm trying to really be honourable, aren't, aren't you? Trying to be honourable, yeah. yeah. But it's actually um, taken up way too much of my time,
2: and quite frankly, uh, I've deleted it. Yeah, I don't like it. It's like homework. It's like having <laughs> oh, homework. Oh, it's ridiculous. I don't man. like it. Yeah. Now, Wendy, as an Arsenal fan, we thought asking you to captain Man United might be a bit of a stretch. The whole. Uh, Martin Keown Van Nistroy image that's all I can see <laughs> when I think of those two teams but Brighton do you have, a, do you have any affinity with Brighton at all?
5: Um do you know what? I, I, I was just saying this earlier, I quite like. I keep my eye on Neil Maupay because I, I go to Brentford as well. I quite oh, like right. going to Brentford because mm. I like being so close to the... Um, because the Arsenal's such a big... Um, some would say sort of not much atmosphere type stadium. Not me, I wouldn't say that. Obviously. But I quite like going to Brentford because it's so immediate and I saw Neil, Neil Maupay and I, was quite, I, I keep my eye on him.
2: Now, you're with Stephen Grant today. Stephen, you are, of course, almost a professional Brighton fan. Because there's so few of there's us. So few, exactly. Are so you longing few. for the season to be cancelled? seeing as so. where you are in 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 I the I think so 6th off the bottom yeah, still with
6: some fairly meaty games and coming up and on a up. slump and and the only premier league team to have not won in 2020 uh yeah it would be great if the season ended now but i understand and we i honor the demand of people to finish the season some some way shape or form and and i still think we probably would be okay yeah. but yeah no it's not been great. I think we've been sussed.
2: So the scene is set for Man United v Brighton. The seal go first. We start with a clip of Louis Van Gaal enjoying himself at the Man United Christmas party.
7: I remember the meeting with the players, with the captain Wayne Rooney, who's saying, We go for the second position in, in the league. And I said, Yes! <laughs> We go for it! Ryan Kicks said to me. Ryan Kicks said to me. And he is right. He is always right. But in this case, particularly right. I have said to you that you are the best fans of the world. But I was tonight a little bit disappointed. Yeah, and I shall say why. I have seen a lady who plays the saxophone fantastically. Give her a big applause.
2: <laughs> this is the question. Where did Louis van Gaal come in a 2019 poll of the greatest football managers of all time. Where did Louis van Gaal come in a 2019 poll of the greatest football managers of all time? Now, it's sealed bids. So our both teams confer, here's a short musical interlude. So we have the sealed bids in from Brighton and Man United. Wendy and Stephen, you have said he came fourth in the greatest football managers of all time. Seems quite high. And Manchester United, Ian Danta and Andrew Ryan, you have said 38th in the greatest football managers of all time. Seems quite high. And Manchester United, Ian Danta and Andrew Ryan, you have said 38th. The answer is 18th. 18th, Ooh. which means <laughs> Brighton, <laughs> wow, Get you come. are 14 away. <laughs> Man United, you were 20 away, so that means Brighton, you will kick off next as both teams try and convince me that they are the biggest footballing force here today as we do this.
7: my club's
2: bigger than your club. As my club's bigger than your club. We want each of our guests to tell us why they are the biggest club here today. They're free to employ any reasoning they wish. This isn't about medals on the table. This is an exercise in winning hearts and minds. Brighton, Stephen, you are going first and your 30 seconds starts now. Okay, in any conventional battle, Brighton versus
6: Manchester United would seem like a very tough shout. But the reality of it is that where Brighton is greater than Manchester United is in one of catchment area. The thing about (laughs) Brighton is, from a professional team perspective, with the exception of the slight blemish that is Crawley Town, we pretty much stretch in a 50-mile direction in every direction. There is no other professional team that really looks after Sussex, so much so that our actual theme tune, if you like, is Sussex by the Sea. We are the professional club of Sussex, that's how we like to look at ourselves. Whereas at Manchester United, United, What are you? Just within a walking distance, assuming you would walk in that neck of the woods, City, Oldham, Stockport, you could argue about Bury and Wigan and many others as well. Brighton is a bigger team by virtue of the fact that if you all sort out the demographics for an equal population density, we're bigger.
2: Andrew Ryan, could you please tell us why Man United is a bigger team than Brighton? Well, it would be very easy for me to
4: mention the trophies that Man United have won in the past. Obviously, we've won 20 uh, English championships and 12 FA Cups and Brighton haven't won any of them Uh, so I'm not going to be mentioning that to prove that we're actually bigger than you because that would be a little bit unfair instead what I'm going to look at cost of living okay so Manchester is actually 13% cheaper uh, to live in Brighton is 13% more expensive I once stayed down in Brighton and paid 35 pound for car parking overnight when I found out that it was actually 30 pound for a parking ticket So actually, it was easier and better for me to give money to the local council than it was to give it to the private landlords of car parking companies, right? Not only that, Manchester United have had one ground through their whole history under the name of Manchester United, where Brighton have had three different grounds, right? Brighton, for me, is a small city with a small-town mentality, which is much more expensive more sort of a, you, I wouldn't be surprised if you got hummus on flatbread during halftime. Whereas at Manchester United, you get more uh, of an atmosphere and more of a vibe. Manchester United is much bigger than, than Brighton, and I would say we're about thirteen percent bigger than them.
2: You've ever parked in the NCP in the centre of Manchester? It's stupidly expensive. It's Twenty-two pound. Uh, Twenty-two pounds. By Bridgewater Hall. But, but, but you know, the thing I is, about comedy
5: would be all glamorous, but it's not. <laughs> it's just comics talking about the price of parking and motorways. <laughs> yes,
2: exactly. That's yeah. the,
5: that's the whole chat.
2: The thing is, you've. you've forgotten as well about Brighton is it's by the sea but it's not a beach is it though for and a it, beach you it, need sand and water you've got rocks and water but you, you've you're under, this, you're under sand Rural poverty <laughs> and the the you know the seaside. It's the forgotten towns and cities in this country. Are by the, heartbeat the sea. of Britain, are they? They are the heartbeat, and they're forgotten in this country. Yeah, like so. let not see. So yeah. point out that, that i, I, I <laughs> Brighton
6: fans listening right now will be bouncing off the walls, right? I, I'm annoyed for two reasons, right? The first one is a Brighton fan reason, which is we've had three grounds because we had our ground of nearly 100 years sold from underneath. There we us, are. Yeah? So you don't and, understand and, and, that. And we, and we were and we were homeless, not of our own making, and, yeah. and fought very hard to get back. to where we are and we're very proud of our stadium and the second reason is if you are 13 percent more expensive then you are not 13 percent less expensive from the other direction that's not how percentages yes. work if something is 100 pounds and it's 113 pounds somewhere else that is 13 percent more expensive if you're 113 pounds something that's 100 pounds is only about 12 and a half percent less expensive because it's a proportion of the figure that you're starting Fact. with and regrettably Facts, Andrew. understanding how proportional percentages works is very important
2: to people in Exactly, right. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Can Brighton, I mix it? No, I'm gonna give Brighton I'm gonna give Brighton all three points because it was a very it was a very arrogant, man United-ish answer. So I didn't like it at all like I thought it brought out the worst, out the worst in you. It wasn't and then, very
5: getting in a local beer at all, was it? It wasn't.
2: His strength is that he's got two feet, which a lot of people don't have these days. You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast with me, Charlie Baker, on Talk Sport. Time now to incur the wrath of the sporting gods as we enter the round known as Sporting Heretics. <laughs> I'm going to invite each member of the panel to suggest an idea they believe will change sport for the better. They're free to be as radical as they wish in their pursuit of progress, even if it means being denounced by sport's moral guardians. Previous suggestions have included abolishing half-time, a reduction in Olympic sports, and even changing the name of football. No cow is sacred in this sporting abattoir. Dance, we're going to start with you. And you want to tell us how they're going to sex up the luge.
3: Well, I, I look at the luge and the, the, this ridiculously overly expensive equipment that they use to fling themselves down the oh, yeah. uh, the, the run on. And, of course, what we were always told, oh, is, you know, they're going down head first on a tea tray. Well, use a flipping tea tray then. Mm. Let's have the luge and let's give, you know, B&M bargains a bit of a leg up nice. uh, in, these, in these troubled financial times that sales of tea trays can, uh, <laughs> you know, increase significantly. And we can... Properly tell the technique of these individuals, particularly about how the hell they stop once yeah. they got to the end of the run. Yeah, yeah, the luge on a proper tea tray, none of these
2: imaginary tea trays. This is a lovely idea, Dance. Really <laughs> is because you could even go. Might even be particularly nice if you got more points if you had a, one teacup and a biscuit. And if you got it all to the bottom, how much tea have you spilt? Well, that's more it's a knockout than, than winter Olympia. Yeah, but it's picks, nice isn't it? though, isn't it, if there's added points and he's really got the coffee down the bottom there. No froth off the
3: top of the milk. I'd be amazed if they made it to the bottom, frankly, on a tea tray without shearing
2: off over the edge halfway down. But, you know, a proper test of skill. Other than that, it's an excellent idea, and I'm going to give you three goals, Dance. Stephen, I've got here, it just says age restriction. Yeah, now, what I'm discussing is radical, and you, you
6: mentioned that. It's progressive, it's definitely that. But most importantly, I reckon it's going to be seriously considered. Okay. And I believe there should be an age limitation on viewing live sports. In this new post-viral world that we all enter back into, mm-hmm. I think now is the time for the reboot that the sporting world has been crying out for. Because realistically, viewing live sports has become a slightly more middle-aged affluent Adventure. And Mm. and what's happened there as a result is that the the noise and the drama and the and the kind of the viscerous nature of supporting has died off as it's become comfortable and middle class. Mm -hmm. And as we know, there has been issues with certain ages of people being outdoors, but this is something we're not going to think about. We're gonna think about how we're gonna reboot and make the world better, and I think the way to make it better is to have an age limit on attending live sports. You'll have more energy, you'll have more enthusiasm, it'll be more grassroots, we'll bring a whole new generation and to enjoy all sorts of live sports uh, and best of all bearing in mind that the other place to see live sports is at the pub do you see how many of the older generation complain about younger people at the pub wrecking their experience with their noisy exuberance? We'll put them in the stadiums and give the pubs back to the older generation oh, okay. who okay. enjoy a slightly more leisurely and sort of serviced approach to enjoying sports. I think these sort of limitations will make the world a better place. And ultimately the fact that it isn't already happening is more
2: shocking to me. So people. it's an upper age limit you're going for, not a younger age, you're not saying... I'm, I'm saying
6: over a certain age, and I'm yeah. opening it up because what's the you, you, what,
2: what age are you considering?
6: Well, I'm currently 46, so okay. I'm going to say 48 um, <laughs> by virtue of the fact that I want that option available to me. Okay. But I think if we're going to be serious about this, and I am being serious yeah. about this, we think about 55.
5: I like that idea because there's a level of bitterness that creeps into your supporting a team after a certain age. My yeah. eight-year-old loves Arsenal and he doesn't understand... That someone can go, you're rubbish. He stands in the, the terraces going, he's trying his best! Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and yeah. other fans. <laughs> every he single, gets super upset. <laughs> yeah.
6: You're totally right, Wendy, because every single person who has gone to a stadium, has sat in a stadium, typically in an area you don't normally sit, has had their experience very heavily dented by the moaning mini. It's not the aggressive swearing, which of course is upsetting if you take family, or something like that. Mm. It's the person who goes, oh, again, why do they bother <laughs> every time? Those people chip away
2: at your soul and sorry, <laughs> older people, it's you. And I think people may actually look forward to when, I don't have to do this anymore in a few years, yeah. especially if you support a rubbish yeah. team like I do. Although the aging population of Torbay Torquay would end up having about three fans. Yeah, I was gonna say, there, there are some <laughs> clubs
6: out there that will struggle <laughs> with this limit. I, does I that amazing? Yes.
5: Like ju- jury duty, that like every so often you get a wild card old, old person that comes. Today you get to go to Torquay to see your match play. I mean, yeah, I mean
6: to be fair, when when Exeter plays Torquay, it is very much like jury duty, isn't it? <laughs> with a series of older people looking at a younger person opposite who clearly has committed a crime. <laughs> you,
2: you, um, you, you were doing so well until you said Exeter City, <laughs> uh, which means I take a point off for that, which means you get uh, two goals, Stephen. Andrew Ryan, uh, speed cameras in F1.
4: Yes, uh, we all know that the uh, Formula One is, is about driving around in a circle and see who can do it in the fastest time for about 120 laps. I think we need to have a little bit of jeopardy involved in it. I personally am not a massive fan of it because I just find it a little bit monotonous and a bit boring for me. So I think if we put in some speed cameras around the tracks, so, for example, if you had six in, but not all six of them would be working at each time, basically the aim is to go around as fast as you can with the least amount of speeding tickets. So at the end of at the end of a race, if Lewis Hamilton crossed the line in one hour and ten minutes, but he picked up seven speeding tickets, mm. each speeding ticket is worth two minutes, so therefore you have to add 14 minutes onto his time, and in the next car that finished second, say in one hour, you know, five minutes but only picked up four speeding tickets then therefore it's the person who drove fast but considerately no, no, like actually wins the race rather than somebody who was completely reckless and went really fast, picked mm. up too many tickets. And also the lights come on at different times in the track, okay. but you don't know when the light when the lights are gonna be on, when the f- the cameras are gonna be on. So you have to play have to play it a mind game as well
5: as yeah. much but as uh But there's no a like, decisive winner when they cross the finish line, no one goes, Yay, yeah, because you're like, Oh, hang on, we've got to do some maths before we figure that out. But that actually happens so in Formula One already though. That but happens what, in, what, what, in Formula One and already they a time penalty?
6: Yeah, no, well they. Well, only if the time penalty happens within the time enough to bring you into the pits to in serve pit your time lane, penalty yeah, and you get a, back you back out a, you again. Have a limiter in the pit they lane. do actually have time penalties which the marshals can apply after the race where they will change the winner. So you're
2: right. The je- you know the who's won has stolen from this, but that happens already. It's a great idea, Andrew. I like it very much, and I'm going to give you three goals. You. Wendy, you're going to say three goals and out.
5: I'm going to say three goals and out. I think. When you, go, when you watch football, I love watching football, as you know, I don't like it when it's a horrible, humiliating defeat of oh, 10-0. I don't I like think that. anyone needs to see that. I don't think it's nice for the opposite team. I, don't think it's, I think what we should do, and it also adds an extra level of jeopardy, is that once you hit three goals, you start losing players on your team. So there's more drama there, mm-hmm. and it's more tactical, and I think it increases the tension. as So it as well. evens it up. A so bit. it evens up a little bit, and you don't get that, ter- you know, don't get that horrible thinking.
8: Mm. I and
5: mean, I don't know if I've watched too much eight-year-old football, yeah. which is we know eight-year-old football is football with all the fun removed. Um, with no fun. <laughs> no fun. I never thought I'd be watching a game where like. The fans are shouting, "Run the other way!" Yeah. Because they don't know where they're going. But yeah, I think it, I don't like seeing the humiliating defeats. I feel bad mm. for everyone.
2: I like the humiliating yeah. defeats. The problem. Oh, that's brutal. What's the worst defeat you've ever seen in Arsenal?
5: I was, well, I remember. They, I think it was like they beat someone eight-eight-one. I want to say.
2: Was an eight-one? Was it? Was an eight-one? I saw Torquay lose to Scunthorpe once, eight-one.
5: And
4: how did Do you, you feel? Eight-two against Man
2: United. 8-8. There was an eight-two <laughs> v Man United. Brighton. What's the biggest Brighton? Defeat, defeat that you've seen, do you think? I, I, st- I was at Anfield
6: for our uh, 6-1 defeat in the FA Cup, where we saw, we actually scored three own goals, oh God. Uh, which I believe was an FA Cup record. <laughs> uh, so, if you were to count our goals, we actually won 4-3. Um, Dance. But, yeah. Birmingham must have been on the
2: end of some...
3: Oh, we we'll have some absolute hammerings, and I was reporting for Talk Sport the night that Liverpool beat them 7-0 in an FA Cup replay. That was about... 14 years ago, Adrian Durham came to me for the seventh goal, yeah. saying it's men against boys. <laughs> Ian Dantar I said it's men against amoebas, actually. seven. When you're reporting on your own team, yes. is it more difficult? Do you yes. feel more personally involved? Well, you have to, you, you know, you're talking to a national audience, so you, but I, 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 to be fair, I've not covered Birmingham that often in recent times, no. Cause mostly it's Premier League <laughs> that I'm doing, so i am kind of spared that that sort of quandary in my mind, but You go to a game like the semi-final of the League Cup against West Ham when you're trying to report on a a second leg of a tie that's switching one way and that and you're trying to be neutral. It's very, very tough for the mask not to slip. My first ever game that I saw live in England was Manchester United versus Ipswich 9-0. Oh, was it? Wow. The 9 Andy Cole got five goals. As soon as any team goes 5-0 down in a Premier League game, it's Ipswich fans. You can see all over Twitter. <laughs> come people. on, come on. Get us out that of
4: this. Get us out of this. That was my first ever time seeing see Man United live, and we won 5-0. I had uh,
6: nil. Just before. Just before you uh, sort of cast uh, sort of judgment on this, Charlie. Yeah, when, about when, to. When Wendy said, you know, we all hate humiliating defeats, I actually wrote, commercial idea, humiliating defeats DVD. All right, because I well just... I genuinely believe around Christmas, (laughs) no one would love more than to sit down and watch. And what you actually want to see is a bit of the game, but most of all, you want to see the close up. Of people in the crowd, from the from the seasoned fans barely looking through their fingers to the children who are crying as all their hopes and dreams have been yeah. dashed. Humiliating defeats DVD. I have to say it's appalling, schadenfreude, My I know. Goodness but goodness,
5: is... I'm going to get your kids a Man U kit. But I just think... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: oh dear, Cr- cracks <laughs> cracks give in the arsehole arsehole <laughs> she yeah. follows Arsenal. Cracks in the Brighton uh, Brighton team believe. Now Wendy, I thought it was a really awful answer, but it created a really nice discussion. Gary Neville was captain, and now Ryan Giggs has taken on the mantelpiece.
1: Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
8: With powerful 8,000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's eufy.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.
2: You're listening to Glory Hunters, the podcast from Talk Sport. Time now for Back in the Day, where we travel back to a landmark moment in both teams' history, Dance and Andrew. We're going to go back to 2008 and this. He didn't look happy coming forward, Anelka, and he's not happy now because it's red in Russia.
4: This English night in Europe is Manchester United's night. Best in the Premier League. Their best in the Champions League. thanks to Edwin van der Sar, save.
2: Man United beat Chelsea on penalties to lift the Champions League trophy in Moscow. But what else do you remember of that year, 2008? Question one. It was the first time that two English sides had met in the final and only the third time that two teams from the same nation had done so. But which European nation was the first to have two teams in the final? Was it
8: a
7: That
2: was Spain, or was it? When the moon hits your eye Like a big pizza pie That's amore Italy, or perhaps?
1: France
2: which one of those is it? Spain, Italy or France? Which European nation was the first to have two teams in the final? Right, it's not France. Italy we've had Juventus and
4: AC Milan at Old Trafford and Spain we've had Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid. against Real Madrid only a couple of years ago. It's Italy. It's the Old Trafford final. It was a really boring final as well,
2: wasn't it? Yeah. Where will go Italy? We to Italy? Let's find
8: out. <laughs>
2: was Spain, it was Valencia and Real Madrid. And we are question two. Which famous Man United fan was unable to attend the final because they were singing at the PGA Championship at Wentworth? Was it A? Russell Watson or B? Something
0: got me started. You know that I-
2: Mick Hucknall, or perhaps... Oh, 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 That's Ian Brown of the Stone Roses. Was it Russell Watson, Mick Hucknall, or Ian Brown?
4: Well, first of all, I can't see Ian Brown singing at the PGA. No, no. no he wouldn't, the wouldn't get past the members' <laughs> lounge, would he? No, no. I don't, think, I don't think Ian Brown would that. So Russell Watson... Playing for the
2: Fool's gold medal.
4: Yeah, uh, Russell no. Watson or Mick Hucknall. Now, nothing, nothing I know Mick Hucknall is a season ticket holder. Well, yes, is right? he is. And <laughs> Ian Brown well, is, sits in the director's is a season box. ticket holder yeah, because he sat in front of me when I had wedding. my season ticket ah. in the K-Stand. Ian Brown had a season ticket. So right. I would say I really don't know, but... Golf, to me, would probably be more associated with Russell Watson. I would say
3: so, yeah. Well, let, let, let's go opera. Let's Going for
2: go. opera and Russell Watson. Let's find out. Something got me oh, no. Another incorrect answer was Mick Hutton from Simply Red. Wendy, what was that about your wedding?
5: It crashed my first wedding
2: gate you your first wedding? Yeah. He wasn't booked to, to nope. appear?
5: And he, had, he asked if I went, I'd had a little bit to drink, and he said, do you want me to sing you a song? And I was like, no, nah, you're all right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what? what?
5: Mm.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you should just say to him, you can come and do the second wedding night. <laughs> <laughs> I should have
5: done. Should have that, you should have
2: said that. Yeah, there we are. Do you want me to sing, no, nah, you're all right? <laughs> That's great. Oh, dear. Question three. Can you tell me which long-running TV show came to an end that year? Was it A... Grange Hill, or was it B? <music> Parkinson, or was it C? <music> grandstand. What do you think it was Grange I Hill, th- Parkinson, or Grandstand? I think
4: Grandstand was before 2008. Boom. Okay, um, Grange Hill I think was late. Greatest use of a symphony in <laughs> yeah. any perfect, piece of music it? ever. Just and I, and, I and think, they always
3: made sure, didn't they, on the on the, yeah, on, like, the on the starting credits? It was either somebody falling, falling off a over, horse, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. beautiful, or a, or, or a well-connected yeah. right a beautiful from a horse. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it, yeah. Um, right. Grange
4: Hill was in the nineties. Yeah, so I'm thinking it was Parkinson. Because his final show, didn't he have Billy Connolly and uh, Peter, Peter Kay? They're
2: all and Peter Kay dressed up as a lollipop man or something like that. Did he?
3: Yeah. Parky
2: is. Then we'll go Parky. Parky, absolutely sure on Parky. Let's find out. Oh! oh. Three wrong in that... And that's the are perfect
5: you, I, end to that question as well, you Andrew got wrong. so I'm short found, on found. all three
2: answers. <laughs> <laughs> he worked it out, he showed his workings out, he told us why it was, absolutely definite. And I fell for it. Sausage. I know I know what it's like to be an Arsenal fan. Yeah, there we are. Oh, well, look, so,
5: come no on and get a little dig for me for no reason.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no goals. Wendy and Stephen... We're going to go back to that fateful day in 1983 with this.
8: Yeah, ball played forward Robinson. Robinson going forward, strong. He's inside the on in the penalty area. He finds Smith, and Smith must score, and he hasn't scored, and Bailey has
2: saved it. Gary Bailey's save meant that the FA Cup final between Brighton and Man United finished in a 2-2 draw and went to a replay five days later, which Brighton lost. 4-0. But what else do you remember of that year? Here we go. Question one. It was a double whammy of disappointment for Brighton that year as they were relegated after finishing bottom of the first division. At the other end of the table, Liverpool won the title. But can you tell me who was the first division's top goal scorer that year? Was it A? Dalgleish. Oh, that's nice. That's lovely. Kenny Dalgleish or B? Knocked on for Andy Gray.
3: And by Andy Gray.
2: Andy Gray or C? Blissett, good goal. Simple,
7: but so well executed.
2: Luther Blissett, who was the top scorer in 1983? Kenny Dalglish, Andy Gray or Luther Blissett? What do you think, Wendy?
5: I'm thinking King Kenny. You're
2: thinking I am as well because I'm pretty sure in that year
6: that Brighton went down that Liverpool were the t- with a form team. I don't remember I mean Andy Gray would have been Everton at the time wouldn't he so well. I don't remember Everton being anywhere near them at that. Ugh. Do you know what I'm not going to show my working Kenny out Douglas. because it absolutely came back to yeah. haunt Andy. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to go I'm going to go straight
2: forward with the Kenny King Kenny Dalglish. let's find out.
8: it! Good
7: goal.
2: Simple but so well executed. Luther Blissett scored 27 goals that season for Watford, who finished first division runners-up. Here we go, question two. Which player that year became the first to appear in a 1,000 competitive matches? Was it A? Alan Moore was probably the greatest influence on this match of any player on the field. This one of Arsenal's finest performances and certainly one of
6: Alan Ball's best performances ever for
4: Arsenal.
2: Alan Ball? Or was it B? And right there, with a brilliant save was Jennings. Pat Jennings? Or perhaps C? I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Kevin Keegan. Alan Ball, Pat Jennings or Kevin Keegan? Um, A thousand...
5: 1,000
2: competitive matches. OK, fine. So if it
6: was Keegan, that would include Hamburg and back, yeah. wouldn't it? So um, uh, I was nine. This makes this tricky. I was 10. Mm. Yeah. Right, OK. So <laughs> I, I, I always think it? when it comes to maximum appearances, you always go goalkeepers because yeah. they just stretch them right into their late 30s. So you think Pat Jennings? So I would have gone Jennings. But OK. Yeah. Pat, you know, Jennings. So Pat Jennings. Pat Jennings? Let's find
2: out.
5: And right there, with a brilliant save was Jennings
2: was Pat Jennings. Very, very good. Question three. Can you tell me what was the biggest selling single of the year in the UK? Was it A?
7: Let's dance.
2: dance, David Bowie or B? B? Sweet Dreams, The Eurythmics, or
7: perhaps...
1: Karma, 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 Chameleon. You come and go, you
5: come and go.
2: Karma chameleon, Culture Club. Was it Let's Dance David Bowie, Sweet Dreams, The Eurythmics, or Karma Chameleon, Culture Club? You're right, it was number one for just for ages.
6: ages, wasn't it? Even though the other two were bigger songs. If it was the other way around, they wouldn't use Karma Chameleon as one of the fake ones, because we wouldn't have remembered it. Like,
5: okay, let's go for a culture
6: club, yeah, shall yeah. we? Culture club.
2: Culture club. Karma Chameleon? Let's find out. Karma, 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 chameleon. So at the end of that round, you scored two goals, Brighton and Albion, which makes it Man United 11, Brighton 10. We fresh Romania nil nil in the first half. Here on Glory Hunters, we like to ask the big questions, and that's why we do this. Our esteemed panel are about to be subjected to the scrutiny of the general public as we play a question of sport time. Obviously, given the current restrictions, the public are submitting their questions remotely. So can we have our first question, please?
7: Hello, panel. I'd like to know
1: if you've ever embarrassed yourself in front of a famous
2: name. Have you embarrassed yourself in front of a famous name, Stephen Grant? Yes. Uh, you must have I, met some famous people. I, I have. It was a protracted
6: embarrassment over about ten minutes of interview. I interviewed Gus Poyet once uh, for a Brighton-based podcast, and I was trying to get a little bit of background. And so I emailed a few people I knew who worked at the club, and someone just wrote to me. Oh, quite sort of respect, high up, as so the press officer. They said, he said, but well, just wrote, you Gus? Question mark. Get in, mate. So I was quite confrontational, and he's really spiky back. If you do that back, he's sort of South American blood. Anyway, what he actually told me to do was get him mate, which oh. is a South American tea, uh, which he is incredibly oh. fond of. M A T, even an accent over the top of it. Wasn't <laughs> him mate; it was get him, get him mate. mate. And apparently, if you get him a cup of South American tea, he's an absolute pussycat and he'll do anything you oh, say. What is the? Do we know what that tea is? Is it particularly thick? Sort of licorice type of tea or is it's, it It's it's yeah it's it's one of those ones that is sort of advertised as a pick me up so you do wonder whether any of the contents would you'd be searched for on entering Heathrow but I um but it's yeah it's a, it's a popular sort of like caffeinated drink like we would have but very much uh, local to South America but yeah if you ever are entering Gus airport get in mate don't get in mate Beautiful. I'm going to give you two goals. Andrew Ryan. Um, so basically, many years ago, I was performing at the, uh,
4: the Virgin Festival in Staffordshire, all right. comedy festival, and Eddie Izzard was on the bill. Mm. And I was backstage. I was going on maybe 40 minutes before him, and he turned up with his management in the car, and there's a little port cabin and we're all sitting inside. And then, next thing you know, it was just me and him in the port mm. cabin People have gone outside for the a worst. chat or whatever. I got up to the tea and coffee machine and I just said, Eddie, would you like a cup of tea and or coffee? And he went, no, thank you. And then there was a little basket of confectionery, you know, little sweets and biscuits. And I just said to him, would you like a Kit Kat or anything? And he kind of jumped up and was like, oh, yes, actually I would. And then as I looked back down to the basket of, Confectionery. there was no Kit Kats <laughs> oh. I just panicked Because I just I didn't know I wanted to break the silence And he came up And he kind of looking for Like the Kit, Kat, <gasps> oh, the and Kit I, Kat And he was like Kit Kat And I just went um, Yeah there's, 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 there's no Kit Kat <laughs> <laughs> And then he just looked at me And went Okay And then just walked out Of the port cabin, <laughs> And I've never seen him <laughs> So people say The most embarrassing thing is I offered Eddie as a Kit Kat That did not
3: exist
2: I love that Andrew
3: Three goals
2: for you there Andrew thank Ian Danter
3: Uh, This is really embarrassing. I I work with lots of famous people uh, here at TalkSport and my most embarrassing moment goes back to a day when I was doing a, a Sunday afternoon talk sport show as a presenter with Alvin Martin and Jason Cundy. Oh yeah, lovely. And I'd done a gig the night before because I used to be in a Kiss tribute band. Yes. Uh, with the makeup and the <laughs> this costumes. It's true, it's true. And what were they, they called? called? Smooch? Were they, no, what what were, they were they called? No, no, we were called Dressed to Kill. Yes. Which oh, Which is the title of their album. So right, be, okay. There's more obvious. Yeah, Smooch, you'll snog. Anyway, what, what did you play? I was the drummer. Your drummer? Peter Crisp, rather than Peter Crisp. Anyway, Very we'd nice. done this gig in Stabridge in the West Midlands and they always gave you uh, free pizza, the the venue once you'd finished playing and there was something not quite right evidently about the slice of pizza that I ate because as I drove down to London the next morning from my home in the Midlands I was starting to feel a little bit dicey, Mm. thought it was just next to nothing, Yeah. felt progressively worse as I got to the office at the Old Talks Built building and and prepped the show, went on air and about a quarter of an hour in Jason and Alvin are sat just alongside me and I was asking Jason Cundy a question about (laughs) club versus country and I thought... This is it. <laughs> I've got to throw up, <laughs> and there was a massive, big uh, plastic bin. Uh, the sort, you know, the sort you know. We yeah. used to put our discarded texts and emails mm. in there in the days where we weren't bothered about saving the planet. Yeah. Um, as soon as I finished the question, and there is a clip somewhere on the Talksport system that I don't believe has ever been played to the public <laughs> since it happened, I just as gently as I could, leaned over and blew chunks into this, uh, <laughs> oh, right in front of Alvin and Jason, and Jason, in trying to answer the question, brilliant, I mean, he was so professional, uh, he got the words uh, clubs and country mixed up, Um <laughs> has got him in a little bit of trouble. He's not going to earn any more money than he is in the Premiership, um, and you hear often these presidents of, of <laughs> uh, clubs, certainly in Spain and Italy voicing off exactly what they want to do I think it's just to appease the crowd, to be honest You know Paul Elliott quite well Yep. I mean, he had a distinguished a time yeah Yeah, we had a big uh, big time at uh, a Pisa Of course, he was. Um, he went to, to Celtic and, and I played with him at, uh, at Chelsea You must have played against Paul Elliott He was an incredibly good player And um, as far as I could see He was uh, doing ever so well and i the next thing I remember was waking up in trap two of the toilets on the on the oh, second floor gosh. of the old building in the fetal position <laughs> and i've no idea how I got there it was like I, I had a twenty four hour like norovirus Goodness thing me, that suddenly me. and but yet being being sick on air in front of Alvin Martin and Jason Cundy, and about a million listeners. Were you
2: still in your kiss makeup at the time?
3: Thankfully, it was all scraped off. You would not have known what what I've
2: been up to the night before. (laughs) Maybe I should have been. What a great anecdote. Fantastic. (laughs) Three goals. Brilliant. Wendy Wayson.
5: My embarrassing anecdote about celebrity was when I was a kid, I spent four years in Dubai and. At that point I was like, 83, 84, loads of people were coming out, like they had Billy Connolly came out and they were just sort of, it was starting to be what it is now. And one day George Best came out and he w- came to my school and he was going to teach a selected bunch of kids how to take penalties. Mm. And I didn't want to do it and I was mortified and my father was like, you are doing this because I want to meet George <laughs> Best. And it came to my turn to take the penalty and I ran up and I stood on the ball by accident and went flying. Oh, oh <laughs> And my dad was mortified. My dad didn't talk to me all the way home. (laughs) In front of George Best? In front of George Best.
2: Any story that involves George Best, A, and you falling over, Wendy, I enjoy particularly. Do you? So that's three (laughs) goals for you, Wendy. So in the dying moments of the game, we now move into injury time where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. The losing side goes first, which is currently Brighton on 23 goals. I am going to list a series of bizarre footballing facts. I need you to tell me which are true, which are false. When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. We go for it. Are we ready? Your time starts Now, Knotts County are the reason Juventus wear a black and white strip. True. It is true. Arthur Conan Doyle played in goal for Portsmouth. True. True. It is true. TV's Matt Baker wrote the song Diamond Lights. False. False. It is false. Fernando Torres started his career as a goalkeeper. True. True. It's true. Nigel Pearson was a child actor and appeared in an advert for Fairy Liquid.
5: True. True.
2: It's false. Dundee United have played and beaten Barcelona four times. That's true. It is true. India withdrew from the 1950 World Cup because they weren't allowed to play barefoot. True. It is true. Mark Lawrenson was the first person to call football the beautiful game. False. It's false. Referees have the power to send themselves off. Yes, true, because it's other referees. It's true. Jose Mourinho had assertiveness training prior to arriving at Chelsea. False. It's false. Former Welsh <laughs> international Ryan Giggs captain England at schoolboy level. True. true. It's true. Sylvester Stallone lived with Peter Shelton in preparation for his role as a goalie in Escape to Victory.
7: We go for it.
2: It is false. You got eleven correct. Very very good. Takes you to thirty-four goals. Okay. Man United. Andrew and Ian. I am going to list a series of bizarre sporting facts. All you have to do is tell me which are true, which are false. When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. (laughs) Are we ready? Your time starts now. No high jumper has ever managed to stay off the ground for longer than a second. True. It's true. Tug of war was once an Olympic sport. True. It is true. Daley Thompson ran a roller disco when he first retired from athletics. False. False. It is false. Brazil's first ever football match was against Exeter City. False. It's true. Golf and croquet are the only two sports to have been played on the moon. True. It's false. Just golf. Olympic gold medals are 92% silver. True. It's true. Paper, scissors, stone is banned in Macedonia. False. It is false. Cheerleading was once an all-male activity. True. It is true. Vatican City has a national football team. True. It is true. Wimbledon grass courts were originally clay. True. It's false. Hide and seek has been given official sport status. False. It's false. In bowling, three strikes in a row is called a turkey. True. It is true. Some Formula One cars come equipped with a sat-nav. False. It's false. Kite flying is a profe- <laughs> I need to ask the question. Kite flying is a professional sport in Thailand. True. It's True. At the end of that round, you scored 11 goals, yes. which means the final scores are Man United 35, Brighton 34. Yes, indeed. Oh, yes, oh, yes indeed. Any
5: lessons learned at all, Brighton? Wendy? Well, we still have the upper hand because we're much kinder to the opponents than (laughs) we are. That's
2: true, isn't
5: it? We have the moral victory. And
2: kindness wins, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. Stephen used to losing, but this one must be a kick in the teeth. Yeah, it is,
6: but thankfully my teeth have become reinforced through a random set of kickings over the last year (laughs) and so therefore they bounce it back with a plong. You
4: lost the election, but you won the argument.
2: There (laughs) we are. Dance. One appearance, one victory. Very much beginner's look. Oh, okay, very much. Andrew, uh, it's my fifth victory.
4: Fifth victory, yes. is it? So I'm um, yeah, I just want to say a big thank you. Really enjoyed it. And uh, Brighton were great fun and great sports. Oh, okay. and it great <laughs> fun.
2: <laughs> <Wow>. Very patronising. <laughs> patronising and arrogant. It's difficult to put Man United <laughs> thing <in two> and <laughs> off. <laughs> Trying to make out you're a good sport <laughs> after uh, all. What after you,
4: What do you move to Twiddle Stadium?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so oh. to our winners, we say. Louis
4: from Carl's
7: Army! <laughs> Louis from Carl's Army!
2: And for the losers. Boo! My thanks to Wendy, Stephen, Dance and Andrew. Until next time, from myself and everyone here, it's goodbye. So there we are, a victory for Man United. Andrew, you must be proud of yourself. Absolutely delighted, you know, a hard-fought victory there, you know. Why are you sounding like a football manager? Because you asked the question like a football interview. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm expecting, I'm expecting an edge. No, 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 no. This is the podcast. We don't redo it. What would we your football
5: manager outfit be? Would you it's be like in a- I wear Sorry. a suit. No, it's good. Would no. it be a, I suit a suit or like a, one of those sort yeah. of camel coats?
4: <laughs> I, wear, I wear a suit. I've got blonde hair and uh, quite... Um, what else? My very dark skinned as well. I like sexy sort of. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, we we play was you know
6: there I mean, a football manager with AR as the initials? Because I always think that you know they have their initials on their tracksuits. Yes. Yeah. I always wonder if you, you're waiting for a manager to have the same initials as you, so you could have their cast off. Yeah, probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. And do you know if there's there's any for anybody here? Simon, there, has there
2: been a WW? I
5: don't think there's been a WW. We can wonder. You can just. <laughs> <get them.
2: laughs> Just some Wiccan wonder stuff. <laughs> Again, I'll no? keep
5: an eye out. <laughs> ID? No IDs anywhere? Uh,
2: not Fake a ID? Them, but... No. Okay, okay. let's go. Ian Dowie. Let's get out Ian of here. Dowie. Yeah. Ian Dowie. Ian Dowie. <laughs> Ian, Dowie. <laughs> Ian, if you're listening, if Ian Dancer can have all your <laughs> Left- <old laughs> leftover it's... tracks, that'll be marvellous. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the Glory Hunters podcast. Do rate and subscribe and retweet and do all those things we ask you to do on the end of podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.